Hi, I'm Richmond Mayor LaVar Sonny, inviting you to join me once a month on The Gary Flowers Show, right here on Rejoice Radio, 101.3 FM and 990 AM. It's all about your health, so make sure you check out Your Health with Marcus Jones every Tuesday at noon, right here at 101.3 FM and 990 AM. We are Rejoice, WREJ Richmond, W267CB Richmond. Thank you for listening. Here's your AccuWeather forecast on Rejoice 101.3. Sunny much of the time and beautiful today, high 82. Tonight, clear skies, low 62. Intervals of clouds and sunshine tomorrow, high 87. Monday, periods of clouds and sunshine with showers and spots in the morning, followed by thunderstorms in the afternoon, high 80. Play with confidence and download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. For AccuWeather on Rejoice 101.3, I'm Alexa Weisberg. If anyone asks, you're listening to Rejoice, WREJ, Richmond, 101.3 FM, 990 AM. Hi, this is Tammy Mobley. I am a survivor of domestic violence. My personal mission is to educate and inform people about the red flags in an unhealthy relationship and the effects of domestic violence. This show, we will also talk about life challenges, incarceration, health scares, factors of racism, and much more. Let's start surviving today. Welcome to Beyond Surviving with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. I am your host, Tammy Mobley, domestic violence survivor and advocate, certified empowerment relationship coach, well, happy Sunday. Today is the first Sunday of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And in studio guest this morning with me is Fatima Smith, who is an advocate, facilitator, consultant, and public speaker. Stay tuned right after the commercial break while we meet Fatima Smith. Hi, I'm Mama Shells of Mama Shells Cafe, home of the Soul Rolls, located at 10811 Hall Street Road. Give us a call at 804-912-1644 or order online at mamashells.com. Ask us about our off-site catering options. We also offer online ordering through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Follow us on social media at Mama Shells Cafe. That's Mama Shells. We're Seoul, south of the James. Hey, Rejoice listeners. This is Tammy from Beyond Surviving with Tammy. Do you know a teen girl that can benefit from an all-girl empowerment group? Real Girls Responsible, Empowered, and Love is a fun, interactive empowerment group helping girls process the ups and downs of teen life through character and leadership development with a strong emphasis on healthy relationships. Registration is now open for our Chester location. For more information, call 804-466-1135. 804-466-1135. Who are we? We are real girls. Welcome back to Beyond Survivor with Sammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. Once again, our in-studio guest this morning is Fatima Smith. Thank you and welcome to the show, Fatima. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and one of the things that um, I wanted to talk to you about is because you... Um, suffer child abuse by someone that you felt comfortable with um, in a competitive sport, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a lot of things that we don't talk about um, now that we're hearing about the stuff with um, Gabby Douglas and um, Simone Biles with the gymnasts. Now we're bringing more to the forefront. But I want you to share your story. Yeah, first, thank you for having me. Um, 
I think that a lot of times we don't talk about sexual assault in elite sports. And uh, it's something that I'm passionate about raising awareness. Uh, so what happened to me was when I was an all-star cheerleader, I was heavily connected to my coach. So uh, that meant a lot of times he was picking me up from daycare or school. Um, I would spend hours on end with him in the gym, unsupervised. Um, and I say unsupervised, and a lot of people say things like, oh, my gosh, why wasn't your parent around? But really, he had become a trusted person, not only to me, but to my parents. So when he would offer, like, hey, I know that you're at work, and it's the summer, she's home, I'll pick her up, and we can work on her skills mm -hmm. to improve. Of course, my parents were like, sure, why not? Um, and for those that don't know, all-star cheerleading is really expensive. You're looking at easily $10,000 a year Oh wow! for the sport. Yeah. And so private lessons um, are an hourly fee. And, you know, he was like, I'll train her for free. Oh, um, wow. And so, of course, my mom's like, that's really helpful. Like, thank you. Um, so fast forward one summer day he picked me up and we were doing something and I don't know. Um, I don't remember what it was that he picked me up for, but I left my car keys and I mean, not my car keys, my house keys in his car and he dropped me off home. And instead of me using my house keys, I just rang the doorbell. Um, so I didn't realize that my keys weren't with me. And when I got in the house, my mom obviously let me in. And then later that night I realized like, oh man, I, I left my keys. So I'm dating myself. I used AIM, like AOL Instant Messenger. And I'm like, hey, I, I instant messaged my coach. I'm like, hey, I left my keys. And he's like, oh, okay. Like I'll drop them off tomorrow, which would have been Sunday. And my, um, my mom was like, uh, and then he said, oh, is, are your parents going to be home? And I distinctly remember like yelling, out the room to my mom, like, hey, are you going to be home Sunday? And she's like, yeah, why, why wouldn't I be? And so then he goes, okay, I'll bring them by Monday. I think nothing of it. Go to bed um, Sunday, then go to bed, I mean, Saturday, go to bed Sunday. Um, Monday morning, I wake up to someone touching me. And I remember being startled um, because I knew I was home alone. So like, Monday through Friday, my parents worked, and it was summer, so I was home. Um, and I wasn't expecting anybody to be home. Um, and so when I kind of got my bearings and realized like it wasn't like my dad or my mom, I remember kicking him because I didn't know who was in my house. And I remember him saying to me, um, I've been touching you for a while. I was wondering when you were going to wake up. And I just felt uncomfortable, but not too uncomfortable because it was my coach. And I've known this person. Um, then it got a little bit more uncomfortable um, where he was rubbing my back and commenting on my pajamas. So I had these like cheap JCPenney pajamas on. And I remember him pulling back my pajamas and touching my butt and, and asking me if I had silk pajamas. And I remember thinking like, no, and just like pulling the sheets up around me because I was like, this feels weird. And I just remember saying this feels weird in my head, but I never said it 
to him, never said it to anybody else. Um, and he ended up going downstairs and I got dressed and, and went on with my day and just remember feeling like that didn't feel right. And maybe like six months or so later, um, I get pulled from gymnastics class in middle school and my assistant principal and my mom are waiting for me. And the assistant principal's daughter cheered at my gym. And so that's the connection in case you're like wondering. And they both sh share with me that my coach has been arrested for sexually assaulting a girl. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like who, what happened? Go back to AIM, um, instant messenger. And I, I text my best friend at the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, can you believe what happened? I don't know those details. I just know sexual assault. Right. Um, and it's a minor, so the information's not in the paper. And um, the my best friend at the time, she tells me what the coach did. She's like, oh, he took a cheerleader in his office, pulled her panties to the side um, and was inspecting her. And I remember being like, oh, that's not hard to believe because he did this to me in my bedroom. And in that moment, she then tells her mom, her mom calls my mom. And that's when I find out that my best friend is the cheerleader sexually assaulted oh wow. so that's how she knew the details because it was her um but i didn't know that when i was talking i i just was sharing what happened to me um and i share that part of my story because that's why it's so important to me to like speak out because sometimes it just takes one other person to tell for you to be like okay what happened to me was wrong okay what happened to me isn't just like a figment of my imagination um, or sometimes it's one person to say, okay, well, I don't have to be the first. And there's comfort in, like, knowing somebody else has disclosed. Um, so she um, ends up pressing charges. I would later find out that my other best friend at the time was also sexually assaulted. So there was a case against him in Henrico County, case against him in Chesterfield. Um, I opted not to press charges um, after witnessing... And when I say I, I mean my mom decided not to press charges because I'm a minor. I don't have that choice. Um, and after witnessing, like, what happened to them, like, they got death threats from parents. They got death threats from cheerleaders. Wow. Yeah. Like, to the point of, like, needing, like, support at school because there was harassment and bullying. Um, I had a birthday party planned and none of the cheerleaders wanted to come to my birthday party because I was supporting the other two cheerleaders. No one knew what happened to me. They just were like, why are you supporting them? They're ruining our coach's life. Um, and it was just my first glimpse at, like, the world not believing survivors. Um, and that was, like, a hard thing to experience as a kid because you think, like, oh, like, people would support kids. People will protect kids. Right. But, I mean, these parents went hard <laughs> like wow. I mean I testified on behalf of my friends and I remember being in the bathroom with my mom and them coming into the bathroom like calling us BITCHs and turning the lights off in the bathroom um like it was that kind of level like almost like a lifetime movie 
Um, it does sound like you know a, when you a watch a lifetime movie, movie like when just, the bullies yeah, and you're just like, oh, that really doesn't happen. No, that really happened. Um, and this was a big case. Um, at the time, like news media was there. Like there were so many people that came to support him to the point that they couldn't let everybody into the courthouse. Like that's how many people showed up in support of him. Um, and he ends up being um acquitted, even though he admits to it because he. My understanding is because he wasn't Mirandized, they had to throw out his confession or mm-hmm. some, there was some legality of like his confession being thrown out. Um, so, how, oh, I'm sorry, um, Fatima, thank you for um, sharing your story, but how old were you at the time when all of this happened? Uh, honestly, I've been, I've been sharing this story for a while now and I think I was either 11 or 12. Right. I think so it was like eleven elementary when it, middle school. Yeah, age, so I think right? I think it was eleven when it happened, but it was the court process went so long, or maybe I was twelve. So twelve when it happened to them, I think eleven when it happened to me, and then my thirteenth birthday was like by the end of the court because people don't know that court cases take twelve to eighteen months to prosecute. It's not law and order where it's in an hour with right. like five commercial breaks. <laughs> right. um, so, yeah, I think it was like between 11 and 13 that I was, you know, processing yeah. this. Um, and then I would later on go on to have like severe guilt because I was like, man, had I like said something because it happened to me first. Mm-hmm. So it's like had I said something, then it wouldn't have happened to my two best friends. Um, and so you you carry that guilt. And I think a lot of that um, translates into me speaking up now, right, of like, I know better, so I'm going to do better. Um, But then fast forward 10 years later, same coach, 12 new felony cases with cheerleaders. This time he's in jail. He's in jail currently right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Did they, his supporters, now believe the survivors? Or how did it? Yeah, so interesting turn of events. Some of the people that were, like, really mean to me and my two friends, they were actually some of the girls that he ended up sexually abusing um some of them were new cheerleaders that i have never met um but it took that happening and so for me i get frustrated because i i tell people all the time like for every survivor you don't believe that creates five more survivors Mm -hmm. because it's a small group of individuals that perpetrate sexual assault it's not a bunch survivor i mean perpetrators it's like if there's a hundred people there's probably like 30 of them that are perpetrators and they just are repeat offenders and so if you give them that pass that's why it keeps happening and so and your story is exactly why survivors don't come forward yeah is exactly why because you just said like you were kind of ostracized right like okay we're not going to be with her because we believe this man. Yes. But again, just like he grooms you and your parents, you yeah. know, to gain that trust, he did it to them yeah. as well. So he, he had um, a very charismatic personality. He came across as like wanting to support his, his cheerleaders. Um, but the grooming was like little things like, uh, so all-star cheerleading is predominantly a white sport. Um, so I remember very early on feeling like the black girl for the first time, um, because I felt like he was so much nicer to the other cheerleaders and he pulled me to side and was like, because you're black, 
you have to work harder. Um, and was he a black coach? Yes, oh, he's, he's a, a he's a black man. Yeah, oh, he was wow. a black man. And that's another interesting thing. And to to talk about race because again, when you look, watch Lifetime movies, it's usually like the black man does something to two white girls, and like they want to set him, you know, on fire. But this case was not that. You know, this black man does something to two white girls. So it was really mind blowing on like a lot of levels um, to to see how people rallied around him. I mean, I had there were cheerleaders who parents who bought him a car. Like one person. Oh, no, you're fine. I just oh. didn't even. I'm just so caught up in your oh. story. I didn't even look at all the comments oh. and questions coming in. <laughs> I one 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 parent bought him a car. Um, others um, had him sleeping over at their house. Like he was very much seen as like a part of people's families. Um, so when people say things, I've had parents come up to me and say, "Well, I, I won't let that happen to my kid because I watch my kid." Please hear me when I say this. My mom came to every practice. Even when I was in like high school and could drive myself, my mom went to every practice. Um, I had multiple practices during the week, by the way. And also cheerleading, you travel. My mom never missed a competition. There were other moms who would send their kids without adults and they would ask other parents to watch them. My mom came to every competition. I cheered in college competitively. My mom flew out to my college competitions. Like My mom was not absent. It's just the same as if you would hire a babysitter to take care of your mm-hmm. kids. My mom saw him as a babysitter. And so, she trusted him. Right. And she so I just, him. I want to clarify that because I really get annoyed when people are like, oh, your mom should have been more pleasant. My mom is not to blame. He is to blame. Um, so there's that. But the grooming, so anyway, he would have this bag in his car. Um, and after practice, you could go into his car and get a prize. And at the time, it was everything a girl would want in elementary school, middle school. It was limited to, it was players, um, all kinds of things. And if you did well, you could get a prize. But he would also, like, when he would pick us up, sometimes buy us things. Like, I remember he bought, like, a $100 jacket for another cheerleader. Um, Mm -hmm. He would buy us, like, little gifts. And, like, you wanted that attention as a kid. Not in a romantic way, but in a way of, like, I want his approval. I want him to like me. I, I want him to think special. Yeah, I want him to think I'm a really good cheerleader. Um, so that was part of the grooming, right? Of like wanting to spend time with him, wanting to get better, so I can get these things. Um, and also, like I felt special that he would come and have lunch with me randomly at school. Mm-hmm. Like he would pop up at my elementary school and have lunch with me, and that was not weird to me. Um, mm-hmm. Other people hearing this are probably like, "What the f?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I get that, but like again he was seen as a family member. He wasn't seen as um, this random stranger. And right. also cheerleading. Or like a creepy man behind the bushes. Right. Or and everybody thinks that. And right. so you all have to understand, competitive cheer, like most elite sports, like AAU, competitive cheer, gymnastics, ice skating, we're spending a lot of time with these people. It's not like Little League where you are on the field for two hours and your mom waits in the car at the field. Like, we're having practice sometimes six days a week. We yeah. travel. Like, we went to the Bahamas. We had cheerleading competitions in Florida. Like, we're, we're going all over it. My, and- my niece is, um, is a gymnast, and she's yeah. been a gymnast since she's three. She's yeah. um, 14 now. Mm-hmm. So I know the yeah. grueling schedule that yeah. she has. It- I'm just going to break a little bit because you have a lot of <laughs> questions coming in. Okay. So good morning from Clarence. Good morning from Ken. Um, 
I'm going to say good morning, Dr. V. So I'm going to see if I can ask any of the um, question from Ken. It said, God is your cover. Predators work for the devil. Please do not blame yourself. Thank um, you. Stories are necessary to empower others to come forward. So we thank you for coming forward with your story. Um, if this happened to your child, would you press charges knowing that there may be threats now, like if it was reversed now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, it depends on the age of my child. Um. I get that question a lot because people are like, why didn't your mom do it? And I think for my mom, she was just trying to do what she thought was in the best interest of me at the time. Um, And if my child was old enough to understand like the pros and cons, I would take into consideration that um, for me, healing is about um, having power and control that was taken from you. So dictating what healing looks like is so important for the person that experienced the trauma. So in this case, if my child had experienced this and she was like, it would be too much to go through, again, 12 to 18 months, that's me being nice, um, I would understand because it's you were living it. So like, even though I didn't press charges, I was involved in that court case. And so I was going to the courthouse you know, watching my friends go through it. Um, Even at 11 it, years old. It's, it's a, it's so a lot. So yeah. um, as somebody that's been kind of through that, that process um, and somebody that's worked with survivors for 10 plus years, I'm not sure um, if I would necessarily press charges depending on me pressing charges can't be more important than my child's mental and physical safety. Right. So th- I, that's the easiest answer. Um, yeah. Um, um, how does this story affect you when you're asked to speak about it? Do you have any triggers, traumas, um, um, like now? <laughs> yeah. So there, there was a trigger um, coming in the building, actually, um, oh. your husband's name. Um, and so I think um, it's one of those things where you kind of just, get to a place well sometimes I can get to a place where I'm like okay I can deep breathe and do self-talk and then other times I might get emotional and I might cry so it depends um sometimes people hear me talk and they're just like oh you seem like all put together but I think it's because I've conditioned myself to look at this as like a teaching moment so I frame it as like a hey this not about me in this moment it's about the people that I'm like engaging with so I think reframing that helps me but yeah there are times where I will tell the story and cry and then there's other times where I'm sitting here like now and I'm I'm okay thank you how because I know since that happened um years coming forward now that you um an advocate now Mm -hmm. like so tell us a little bit about that your advocacy what you're doing now and also collected 365 a little bit yeah um, so it was important to me to advocate for other survivors and be in community with other survivors. So at a young age, I was like, this is the work I want to do, domestic and sexual um, violence work. And I had the pleasure of collaborating with another survivor, um, Abby Phillips and Delegate Kathy Tran, as well as Senator Jennifer McCullen to extend the statute of limitations in Virginia. So that had been proposed like two years prior and always like failed on the floor. Um, but us coming forward and telling our stories helped get it passed. Um, 
for those that don't know, legislation um, really needs the people to connect it to it. So when you can go to General Assembly and tell your story, it's really impactful. Um, but the reason that legislation was important is because when I wanted to come forward 10 years later, because I heard about the new cases, the Commonwealth attorney was like, yeah, let, let, let's press charges now. And then we sat down and did the map of like the timeline and she goes, oh, you missed the window. Oh, wow. So like, you can't press charges. And that was like another type of trauma um, because it's like you get the courage to do something and then somebody's like, nope, your story doesn't matter because you waited a little too long. So um, it was important to me to advocate for that. I really want to see Virginia get to a place where there are no statute of limitations for sexual assault, regardless if it's misdemeanor or felony, but only 14 states right now have that. So anyway, that's what I work on um, as far as legislation is eradicating statute of limitations. I'm also trying to propose new bills this session um, that address specifically like elite sports and sexual assault. Um, as well as um, identification for domestic violence survivors because um, I was in an, uh, an abusive relationship in college and my biological father abused my mom. So that's very much tied into my advocacy. Um, and then outside of that, I do a lot of workshops. Um, it's really important to me to um, help folks understand that this is a public health issue but it's preventable. So like it impacts so many folks, regardless of gender, socioeconomic status, race, class. Um, but unfortunately in October, we only hear about breast cancer awareness month, but more people are killed and in, impacted by domestic violence than they are breast cancer. Right. But it's easier for us to talk about breast cancer because no one causes that, right? right. When we talk like about- Even when I drive down the street, sometimes I see car dealerships with like these pink bows and yeah. everything. And I'm like, okay, you're just- survivors right and, and I think it's easier for us to to hang our hat on that because if we talked about domestic violence the way we talked about breast cancer that means that we all would have to look internally at what we're doing right mm -hmm. we'd have to change how we think what we do um and people don't want to do that right like right. no one wants to do the hard work right. unfortunately and we're not taking anything away from domestic I mean I, breast cancer awareness no month, right? I, have, yeah. I have breast cancer right. um survivors of my family my mom is high yeah. risk um and had has had several breast tumors removed um so I know so the severity yeah. of it um and we can it can be both and right we can mm -hmm. hold space um for for pink and purple um, How could somebody get in contact with you? Yeah, you can check out my website, um, mm -hmm. www.fmsbeats.com. And I'm actually to say it one more time, slower. Slower, okay. <laughs> www.fmsspeaks, that's F-M-S-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. Mm -hmm. um, and I do workshops, keynotes. Um, I'm happy to do one-on-one -on -one consulting. I've had some folks, you know, reach out to me and say like, hey, I'm a coach on a sports team, like help me navigate how do I handle a certain situation. Mm -hmm. So I, I do consulting, workshops, um, like I said, keynotes. Kitty. I would love to get together okay. with you as far as on the legislative um, part. Um, yeah. Advocate because, of course, I'm a survivor as well, but I also know what it, um, how it contributed to my oldest son, you know, yeah. and things like that. So I would love to yeah, get together with you Yeah, partner, that. anybody that's interested, yeah. please let me know because, um, what I do is I usually kind of create like a legislative kit 
and that enables people to pick from like a few letter options to write to their um, representatives and then also inviting you to come with us when we testify um, during those meetings. So yeah, please feel free to subscribe on my website and get the latest updates on what I'm doing in the GA. I know we don't have a lot of time. We have like two minutes. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, I know that's okay. Yes, sorry. But I did want you to talk a little bit about Collective 365. Oh, sorry. Yes. You asked me that question. Yes. Um, so Collective 365, in short, is a twist on a traditional giving circle. And those that aren't familiar with a giving circle, it's when a group of people put in their money and then they distribute it out into the community for a cause that they're connected to. So Collective 365, we give money to individuals. Hear me when I say this, individuals, uh, groups, nonprofits, and businesses who are doing work with and for black and brown communities in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. And what's unique about us is that we do give money to individuals, so you don't have to have a 501c3. Last year, we gave away um, $17,500, and we're hoping to double that this year. But really, it's our way of reimagining philanthropy. And so we want to make black and brown folks the decision makers and thought leaders on the problems that are in their community. So we're really excited. That we're just celebrating a year in June. We launched Juneteenth 2020. And so we really are looking for folks to donate. You can go to collective365.org. You can become a member and volunteer, and also our grant application drops February 1. You can go on our website and sign up for an alert, and we will actually send you the grant application to your inbox. Thank um, you so much, Fatima. I know we are out of time. I, I apologize. But I did want to share the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. And RAIN, Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network is 1-800-656-4673. I want you to share your information just one more time yeah. because I think you have a lot um, that people could gain from you. And also, there's a lot in the feed. So when you're finished, if you could just go yeah. back in and yeah, um, I'll reach out to the people. Yeah, I'll definitely hit up folks. Um, mm -hmm. On my website, I also have resources. So if I'm a black woman and it's really important to provide resources for black and brown folks, I have um, Latine and brown and, and black therapists on my website, www.fmspeaks.com. Also, if you're in the Richmond area, please reach out to the Empower hotline, which is 804-612-6126 for free services as well. Thank you so much, Fatima. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your bravery. Once again, you're listening to Beyond Survivor with Tammy, where we recognize, empower, and support survivors. Tune in every Sunday right here on Rejoice 101.3 FM, 990 AM. And remember, your imperfections don't stop your greatness. See you next Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond Surviving with Tammy, where we recognize, support, and empower survivors. If you'd like to be a guest or sponsor on the show, email us at beyondsurvivingtammy at gmail.com. See you next time right here on Rejoice 101.3 FM, 990 AM at 10 AM every Sunday. And remember, your imperfections don't stop your greatness. If anyone asks, you're listening to Rejoice, WREJ, Richmond, 101.3 FM, 990 AM. You hear the headlines, you know 